Am I on? There we go. Good morning, everybody. It's really lucky to see all of you. I know there's some that's still coming back from holiday. I know it's hard to believe they're living the good life. Um, but I think and I, I believe it's better to be here. Amen. So before we start into the, the, the preach this morning, I just want to highlight two couples. Um, first, Vimpi and Andri and Yules and Anaya. Both of them, Vimpi and Andri, they are expecting their first baby. Yeah. It's really, really exciting. I'm excited for them. And we're not for me. Yulrich and Anaya, second baby. Yeah. It's not trifle. What? <laughs> not trifle in the tummy. It's a baby. Okay. We weren't thinking it was trifle. Um, but super excited. And so I maybe just, if we can just stretch out our hands towards them and let's just pray for them. I believe it's a blessing from the Lord. Amen. And so, Father, we just thank you for these two couples, God, and what you're doing inside them, literally. And we pray, Father, just for your hand of protection over them, God. We want to pray, God, for, for these children, God, that they would, even in the womb, God, that we trust you for your voice to them. We trust you for your spirit to stir up the things and the purposes and the plans that you have for them, God. And we want to pray a blessing over this time, a blessing over the, the pregnancies, God. And we just pray for your hand of protection over this, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And then the uh, last one is, Kevin, his birthday is tomorrow. He's 80 years old. Can you believe that? Hey? <laughs> Looking good. No, I'm joking. And then Casey also this week. Casey, she's finally 16. I'm joking. <laughs> and old Gerbrand. Gerbrand's not here this morning, but he's also, it's birthday. And then Daniel, Daniel's turning 21 this year. I don't know. There you go, Daniel, turning 21. And if I miss somebody else, I'm sorry. Um, you are special. Okay. That's why I... Cool. So this morning, I want to kind of carry on a little bit from where we were last week. I'm going to do a quick recap for us just on what we did last week. We read out of Matthew 24 and Jesus speaking, speaking about the final days, about the things to come. And it's just, just before Passover where he's getting ready to go to the cross. Um, and he's speaking to his disciples, telling them the things that they need to look out for. Telling them the things that are coming um, their way. And trying to give vision and heart and understanding for them. And so we looked at Matthew 24. And there's a couple of things that we noted in the scripture. A couple of things that we see stand out. And I think it's important for us just quickly this morning just to, to run through it. First of all, one of the things that we see Jesus promises, he says that the devil's plan, the enemy's plan is there to deceive us. I mean, that's what he wants to do. He wants to deceive us. Part of it is we see that our faith, our belief, our love to God is in the crosses. That's the plan of the enemy. He wants to come and steal the, your faith. He wants to come and he wants to take away your love. And in verse 12 in Matthew 24, it says, And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. That's not speaking to the unsaved. It's not speaking to the unbelievers. No, it's speaking to each and every one of us. Can you imagine yourself growing cold, not loving the Lord anymore? 
man, that scares me. And Jesus comes and he says, this is what's going to happen. It's going to get so bad that this is what's going to happen. One other thing that we've seen in the scripture, we see that the main thing that's going to bring Jesus back, coming back to fetch us as his people, is going to be the gospel going out. Yeah. The gospel going out into all the nations, into every, every tribe, tongue, man, people, everyone. The gospel going out. That is the thing that is going to usher in Jesus coming back. I want to say to you here today, God does not care whether it's 2020, 2021, or 2022. He doesn't care what the year is. All that he's about is about Jesus coming back to fetch his children. That's what he's about. And I want to encourage us here this morning that as we spoke last week on how to, how to, in, how to position ourselves for this year. You come at the beginning of the year and you say, this is my vision for 2022. I'm going to be a fit year. I lost year, I had a fit year. And this year I'm going to continue having a fit year. But I want to do other stuff as well. And that's good for us. It's good for our bodies. But I want to say to you, God is calling us to a place of position, and he's saying, look at these things, see these things, know these things. And as we look at them, he, it's positioning us not for the year. It's positioning us for Jesus coming back. Amen? Because that's what's most important. We see Jesus coming, and he's saying to us that there's going to be sufferings. There's going to be the Antichrist. There's going to be wars, rumors of wars. There's going to be famines, earthquake, global warming, coronavirus, whatever virus still needs to come, COVID-25 or whatever you want to call it. But there's the promise of all these things that are coming. And Jesus said it to us. He says this in Matthew 24, 33. He says, so also when you see all these things, when you see these things happening, these things that I'm talking about, he says this, now you know that he is near, and he is Jesus, that he is near, he's at the very gates. So when we see these things going wrong, the thing that we need to do is not go, oh, where's the nearest cave, and let me go there, or let me go put up some sand panels, or let me go take this and do that, let me hide away from the world. No, 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 no. When we see these things, we go, ah, Jesus is coming, he's near, he's standing at the gate. That is something to be excited about. So I want to say to us, church, that as we're sitting here today and the world is evil, the world is tough, it's tough out there, there's something of a hope glimmering through everything that is happening as we get to see, ah, Jesus spoke about this. He's coming. He says, he's, and I love the statement, saying, he's standing at the very gate. It's like he's waiting. <laughs> And I can almost see how that scripture of one day for God is like a thousand for us. It's like he's in slow-mo going, opening the gate. And for us, it's a thousand years, you know. It's a joke, okay. It's not theology, okay. It's like for an ant. An ant moves for us very slowly. And he must be thinking we are moving like, and it's the same way. Jesus standing at the gate. He's waiting. He's waiting to open up that gate. He's waiting to open up the heavens to come down. And then that's the other thing that we see. 
we see that in this, Jesus mentions he's coming back. But he says this, the day when he comes back, everybody will know. You won't have to think. You don't need to be a mathematician that says this sign, that sign, this scripture counts to 55 and that. You don't need to know what E equals MC square is. You don't even need the eyes. You don't even need faith. On that day when Jesus comes, everybody will know. Whether they want to believe it or whether they don't want to believe it, it's going to be there. And in that, again, for us, there's hope. But there's also warning that not everybody will make it. So today, while we have a choice, I want to encourage us, church, let's choose right. Because on that day, there's not going to be a choice. On that day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he truly is the God of all gods. Amen? Now, we sang it this morning. If God is for us, who can be against us? So that is an amazing thought if you're in the kingdom. <laughs> if you're not in the kingdom, my pants would not be green. It would be a different color. Anyway, another joke. You guys are, it's either you or it's me. Starting to think it's me. Okay. So, when we think of these things, this is kind of what we read through Scripture. I pointed out to us things that we need to, to do in this year to position us well. And there were three things, and I'm just quickly going to run through them. It's this. Be alert. So, when we see these things happening, we are not alarmed. There's a difference between being alert and being alarmed. Alarmed, when somebody's breaking into my house, I start running like a headless chicken, screaming, hoping there's something, phone the police, 911, SWAT team. I, I go crazy. You lose your mind. But if I'm alert, if I know that the thief is coming, if I know there's someone trying to break in, I get to think about it. I get to be ready for him. I get to be waiting for him. He's going to meet my hockey stick. Be alert. So in this time, as we see the things happening, we need to be alert in order to be positioned well. When these famines and earthquakes, we need to be alert and not go off the bandwagon and start. No, let me not go there. Now, number two, we need to stay true. Stay true to him. Know the original. Know that he is God. He has spoken. Last week, I, I told the guys because uh, we were reading the scripture and these words, these are not words that a man wrote there. These are the words of Jesus. I had a picture up of a book of Andrew Murray, that is Helen's great, 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 great grandfather, where in this book, Andrew Murray wrote, now Andrew Murray saw so much of the kingdom of God on earth being manifested, revivals, and here I've got the book in my hand, and this man, Andrew Murray, in 1909, 7 August, had his hand on this book in the same place, and he was writing a letter. And that overwhelmed my heart. I'm like, I'm holding the same book that Andrew Murray holds in his hands. But when we have the letters in red in this book, it's not just letters on a page. It's the words of Jesus. It's his very words. It's like as if you were standing right here next to me. Are we looking at it? Are we? 
I'm overexcited. I need to calm down. Are we seeing it for what it is? No, we need to stay true. We need to stay true to the original. We need to come close to him. And in that, there's a part of where we love God with everything that's inside of us. Matthew 22. Love God with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your soul. And another like this, that you love one another like you love yourself. So in staying true and knowing the original, we need to be close to God, that we know Him, that we know His voice, we know His heart, we know what His desires are. But in the same place, we need to stay true to His church, to His people. Because I've got a part of God inside of me. Clint. He's got something of God inside of him. Peter, he's got something of God inside of him. You, Vim, he's got a lot of God inside of him. And as we stay together, we don't just see my part, but we get to see something bigger of who God is. And we get to recognize and know more about what the original is. Because why is that important? Because the enemy wants to come and deceive so he wants to tell you this is who God is, and that's who God is, that in, and it's not true. And so we need to know the original. And then lastly, and this is just my introduction, get ready for a, for a New Year's preach for 2023. Hold on. Hold on to the words of Jesus. Hold on to the mission that he's given us. Hold on to the purpose. He's given us purpose. And this morning... I want to speak about that purpose because it's important for us. Now, I'm going to give a small disclaimer. Let me first give you my title of the message this morning. It's me, us, and them. Okay? Me, us, and them. So when we start to speak about where our focus is and, and, and what the values are inside of us, because this thing will determine how we live. It will determine what we do. When we start to speak about these things, it's easy to get people offended very quickly. So if I offend you this morning, please just know I've warned you before the time that my heart is for you and I love you. Um, that it's not to point out or point a finger to you. I'm, uh, as I'm sitting with these things, I'm sitting with a mirror. I'm saying, God, what, where do I need to change in this? Because I need to change. I need to change. All of us need to make sure that our focus is in the right place. Amen? So, I want to stir up your heart this morning. I want to stir up your heart for the purposes of God. So, we're going to start reading this morning in Matthew 25. Okay, last week I asked you that you bring your Bible, so make sure you have your Bible, your phone, or your book. I've got my book out, um, but I think it's good for us to, to have it. Again, we have, we're sitting with the, the words of Jesus, and he says this, Matthew 25, 31, 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and this is him coming back, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations. And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. 
And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and gave you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Verse 41, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, or stranger, naked or sick or in prison? And did not minister to you. Then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. It's a big thing. What I see in this is I see focus. Focus and heart. Where our focus is, there our heart will also be, our values. It's believed that today, the day that we are in here, that our focus, my focus, your focus, our attention, is one of the greatest commodities that we have on the face of the earth. It's not gold, not silver, it's likes, shares, our attention. How many hours can you spend on Netflix? How many time can you spend liking ads and all kinds of things on Facebook? The world economy is all around this area of our attention. And everything around you is saying to you, I want more of your attention, or more of your attention, or more of your attention. Hey, I want your eyes. I want your attention. I want your attention. Why? Because they know where your attention will go, your money will go. And so for us, as we sit here today, we need to realize that the devil is not going to come in a big red suit with horns and fire breathing out of its ears and going, follow me. No, he's not going to come like that. Because everybody will see, probably not a good idea to follow this guy. No, he's going to come in small things. Trying to deceive. Trying to take your attention away. Trying to let your love grow cold. For you to get fearful. For you to shrink back. I believe the battle of this day is for attention. The one who has your attention, my attention, I want to say to you now, has got everything about you. 
So my question to us this morning is where's your attention? Is your attention spent in that place of where God, I just want to hear your voice? Is your attention spent on, I need to work, I need to earn money, I need to do that, I need to do this. Now all these things that we do and have to do is not bad, but I can earn money, I can work, I can do a whole bunch of things while my focus is still the kingdom of God and the purposes of God. Amen? So we're not saying it's bad. But oftentimes, if we're not careful and if we are not alert, what happens is, is our focus becomes the job, the promotion, the money, the this, the that. The things that we think, once I have this, I'll be okay and I can focus on that, what I need to focus on. Amen? But what ends up happening is we end up never getting out of that little rat race. It's like that little wheel that the the hamster is in. So today I'm not asking us to become Amish, okay? I'm not saying let's go sell everything and start wearing, what's it, streepsak and start throwing salt on the ground and hoping it's going to taste like something. No, no, we love meat, eh? Vim? Vim, Vim doesn't like meat. We're still converting him, okay? So it's one part of his salvation that we still need to work on. <laughs> now, I want to say to you today that God wants your attention. God wants your attention. And he wants you to know that you can focus on him. And that when you focus on him, when you look at him, when he has your attention, you will experience something, you will see something, you will live in a kind of life that you cannot dream about. Because he's not a man. He's not a company, he's not an electric car, he's not a beautiful house, he's not, he's not just something that's going to disappoint you. No, no. This is the creator of all of the heavens and all of the earth, the one that breathed life into each and every one of us. We're going to read it just now, and we know the scripture very well. Let's go there maybe quickly. John 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Sorry. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. God is focused on getting your attention on Him. And He's proved it with His Son on the cross. He said, take note of this. 
the things that we focus on and the things that we value, we tend to spend all of our money, all of our time, all of our affections, all of our attention on that which matters most. Amen? That's for me. I hope it's for you. Maybe you're different. And even for God, the thing that matters most to Him, He gave everything to that. And He made the statement of His Son. And so, my first point, me, God wants your attention, my attention. He wants us to see that He loves us. He wants us to know that He is not standing back. He's not given up anything, or he's, actually, He's given up everything, sorry, for each and every one of us that we might know Him. Not far off, not one day in eternity. No, 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 no. Right here. Today, He wants you to know that He knows you. He knows your name. He knows the struggle. He knows the weight. He knows the shackles that's on your feet. This morning, I want to say to you, you can sit there and you can think, but God doesn't really care about me. Or why doesn't God take this thing away? Or why doesn't God do that for me? Or, or the sickness, why did I have to lose that friend or that loved one? I want to say to you, there's not one person sitting in this room here today that God is unaware of. He knows you. He loves you with everything inside of him. And he gave his son that you can fix your eyes on him. He wants all of your attention. He wants you to know who he is. Because when you see him, when you look at him, there's something it flows out of us. There's a life that comes that cannot come anywhere else. I want to say to us, as we look into this year and saying, God, what must I focus on? Your attention cannot be spent in a better way than finding yourself looking into his eyes. cannot be spent in a better way. See, looking at God and spending time with Him and being with Him is something that builds for us into eternity. There's not one thing in this room, no matter how strong, no matter how rich, no matter how beautiful, how cute, how whatever, there's not one thing in this room that's going to last into eternity. Physical. No, no, no. When Jesus comes back, it will burn away. But what's in here, in our hearts, what we build with Him, what He opens up in our hearts, that is something that it, God says He prepares a room for us with Him. And it's something that builds into eternity. Amen? So I want to ask you this. How much space is there in your life right now for God to come and walk with you? I mean, we're all here, Christians. Come to church. That's why we're here. <laughs> we love God. 
But how much space is there for God to walk with you here? Or is it like, okay, God, we're going to church two hours and we, we've done enough for this week. We've spent our time. We've been faithful. Are we going to go to community on Wednesday? And like, God, yay, we are good Christians. How much space is there? How much space is there in your life, in your finances, in your work, for God to come and walk with you? See, if we come here and we come to God because we think He can serve our purposes or make my life better so that I can have a better life, we're probably going to, on that day, get a surprise. And we might get moved with the goats. How much space is there in your life for God? Second point, us. So our first focus point is me. I need to focus on me and God. Second focus point, us. Hebrews 10, verse 19 to 25. It's not going to be up on the board. You can just listen and follow in your Bibles. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus... By the new and living way that He opened up for us through the curtain that is through His flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from any evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Here, verse 24, I want you to hear this. And in light of that, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. That day is not Monday. No, that day is Jesus coming back day. So until he comes back, God is saying, hold on, stay true, keep in the faith, stay close, hold on to me. And in that way, come together. Because when you come together, you stir one another up. When you, st you stir one another up, there's things that are happening. You remind one another of the goodness of God. You remind one another of God's faithfulness. You remind one another of the King of glory that is coming back. Because what is natural for us, for the human side of us, is that we lose hope. That we lose perspective. And if I'm all on my own, I'm going to lose perspective. If I, if, I, if I don't come together with other believers, I'm going to find myself in a place where it's dark. Where I feel alone, where I feel God has left me. And it's not because I don't have a relationship with God, but there's a part of my relationship with God that is allocated for the believers around me. To speak into, to encourage, to lift up, to pray for me, to spend time with me. If 
Ephesians 2 verse 19. You can put that one up. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. In whom the whole structure is being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also, and that you also speaks to the people of God. Not a singular person, but the, the togetherness. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. How beautiful is that? Say, we don't come to church. We are church. We are church. When we're not together, we're still church. When we're together in a house, just brying, just hanging out. We've done a lot of hanging out with, with them and Naomi, and it's been church. It feels like I've been in church this whole week, and it's been good. We've been encouraging one another. We've been stirring one another up. Man, this guy's got a, a passion in his heart to see the lost come. And it's, it's ignited something inside of me. I'm like, God, I want that. But it's because we're spending time together. Even you sitting here this morning, I want to say to you, don't come and sit here if you think you're going to get your fix for the week. But come to contribute. Because there's something that God is doing inside of you that not one of us will know unless you stand up and say, hey, I feel God has given me a word. Or, oh, hey, I feel this is what God is showing me. Or, oh, hey, I, I believe there's somebody that's got a pain. And I believe God wants me to pray for it. Or just, man, I saw this week, God loves me. And there might be someone here that feel God doesn't love you. I want to encourage you and I want to pray for you. Church is not meant to be a person on a stage and a worship team that does all the work. No, it's in us, in one another, in our lives, together. But I can't find the togetherness if I don't know where the me is, if you get what I'm saying. Because if I don't know who me is, I'm going to end up comparing myself because I don't know what my gifts are. I don't know what, the, what, what I'm good at, what, what is God doing in me. I'm going to end up looking at other people and think, oh, they're not good enough. But it's actually because I think that about myself. So we need to bring ourselves to that place of where God comes and He speaks into us so we can be in that place of where he brings us into family and we build each other up. Amen? I believe that the church should be the reason why you can't do anything else. Did you hear that? I believe church should be the reason why you can't do anything else. So many times, I hear people say, sorry, I can't do this. I can't step into this role that God wants for me because, you know, my work, or I actually want that promotion. I really need to work hard. Or I've got this thing or that thing. I don't want to say something because it's definitely going to offend somebody. But we find things that become more important than being together as a church. 
even coming to church maybe. I know for me in the beginning of the year, um, we went away and we were away for about two weeks. And I didn't get to exercise a lot, went jogging once or twice. Um, but when I came back, that first day that I'm like, okay, I'm back in Cape Town now and now I need to go gym again. I was like, like finding a reason not to go. <laughs> Because I know once I get there, it's hard work. I'm tired. It's hard. I'm like, ah, oh, man. But I pushed myself and go, I'm going to go. Because this is important for me. Not my feelings, no. My value. My value is important for me. I want to be fit because I want to be able to preach the gospel for as long as I possibly can. And I can't do that if I'm not healthy. And so I want to make sure that I make everything I can to have as much time as possible to preach the gospel, to be ready, to be something in God's hand that he can use. That is my value. That is why I do it. But it starts with me getting into my car, putting on my gym clothes first, then getting into my car, <laughs> driving to the gym and getting out, not just sitting and looking at the gym. And then going, Okay. Cool, let's do this again. Let's work it up again. And man, after the first time, I'm like, whoo, I'm ready for this. Come on. Church, and some of you feel about church that same way. You go, oh, got another Sunday. Man, the weather looks good. Can't we go walking in the promenade? Go for ice cream, beach. Wednesday evening, ah, oh, it's been a heavy week. There's so a lot of things coming back. Uh, uh, work is just too much. Man, I, I think I'm, we just need to have a break. We just had a Christmas break. I'm just saying. I don't know. They won't miss me. No. We will miss you. Because you have something that not any one of us have in this room. And it's you. Acts 20 verse 28 says this. Pay careful attention to yourselves. And he's speaking to the elders. Pay careful, careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made your overseers to care for the church, which he, Jesus, obtained with his own blood. The togetherness is not a person's good idea. Now, church is something that Jesus gave his blood for. He gave his blood in order for us to be able to come together, know him, love him, praise him, worship him, glorify him, encourage one another with what he is doing in us. So when we reject his church, people, we need to understand that we are rejecting his blood. I cannot do that. No matter how boring it becomes, no matter how whatever it becomes, like, no, God, you gave yourself for this. I will give myself for this in the same way. I know I'm laboring this point, but I want to quickly read you, and I'm almost finishing. I want to read you a, a prophecy from a book it was written in 1982, okay? It's not that far, far back, but it's far back enough to make a, a good impression on all of us. And it's John Stott. 
he's a theologian. And he said this, in 1982, he wrote this book. He said, it is difficult to imagine the world in year AD 2000, that's in the 2000s, by which time versatile microprocessors, for those that don't know, we'll explain later after the service what that is, by which time versatile microprocessors are likely to be as common as simple calculators are today. We should certainly welcome the fact that the silicon chip will transcend human brain power as the machine has transcended human muscle power. Much less welcome will be the probable reduction of human contact as new electronic network renders personal relationships ever less necessary. In such a dehumanized society, the fellowship of the local church will become increasingly important whose members meet one another and meet one another and talk and listen to one another in person rather than on a screen. Crazy. In this human context of mutual love, the speaking and the hearing of the word of God is also likely to become necessary for the preservation of our humanness, not less. Crazy. Your attention is what it wants. Your attention is what's on the line. Because once your attention can be taken, you can be made to believe that it's okay not to gather. I can get a preach on the best preaching, much better than what I'm preaching right now. You can get it on YouTube, easy. Don't have to look far. Guy will look a lot more buff than me, a lot nicer shoes, a lot nicer shirt, a lot nicer everything. But that will be the mistake. So lastly, and this is what I'm ending off, third point of focus. Them. So it's me, us, and them. And it's not the kind of them that we kind of point fingers. No, those people are like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's the people outside of the kingdom. Matthew 24, 14. He's highlighting that scripture again that we read last week. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. It's the gospel going out that's going to bring Jesus back in. Who wants Jesus to come? My question to you this morning is, how serious are you about that? When I look at the disciples, I see a people that up and everything their lives because they went into all of the world and said, Jesus is coming back soon. And they gave absolutely everything for it. And they didn't go, okay, Jesus is coming back soon. We're going to see you in 2022. No, they went, Jesus is coming back soon. If you don't change your life over to him, if you don't allow him to come and wash your life, tomorrow you might not be here. Because they were going, we don't know when he's coming back. 
He went up. Man, maybe three days. I don't know. It was three days and he was up out of the death. My, 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 every day they were just, there was an expectation. There was a hunger. There was a, a desire. There was this longing to see Jesus come back. And they gave absolutely everything for it. Church, how much do we believe this? I cannot give you a five-step program on how to be a good Christian. I can only give you, this is what Jesus has said, and that's what I've done here this morning, giving you his words. This is what he said, and this is what he said is going to happen. But you need to, in your heart, have that revelation that he came, he saved you from death, from dead works, from evil and destruction. He came and he saved you and he brought you into this marvelous light where you get to have love with him, where you get to have walk with him, where you get to have life with him, where you get to be with him and know him in the fullest and even fuller when he comes back because he's coming back to fetch us. And only then when we realize that will we start realizing, ah, it's not just for me, but it's for the world out there. If we do not preach the gospel, do we really believe the gospel? If your life is not stirred up but when you see people all around you struggling, dying, feeling lonely, depressed, trying all kinds of things to find some kind of meaning to life, if your life is not, heart is not stirred by that with compassion or stirred by that with sadness, I want to say to you, friend, you've got to come back to Jesus because I think then we've lost sight of who he is. I do believe that the heart of God is not burning for us as the church to have the next new big song or next new big movement or next new. Now, His heart has been burning since the day that Adam and Eve went out of the Garden of Eden. His heart has been burning for His people, His children, to come back to Him. That's what He's about. And He's done absolutely everything so that we can be with Him. And this is where we as the church join God in His mission to bring His children back. Amen? Let's close our eyes. First of all, I want to ask you this morning. Maybe you're visiting with us. Maybe you hear, heard what I said here this morning. And you know that you are not part of the kingdom of God. And that you'll be one of those that on the day that he comes back will be forced to, on your knees to worship him. But something in your heart this morning is saying, God, I actually wanted today, I want to make that choice to worship you. 
I want to make that choice to give my life to you today. If that's you here this morning, I want to throw it out to you. If you want to give your life to Jesus, the one and only true King, the one who's come to save, the one who's come to seek out and bring the lost back home, if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you that you don't wait for another moment, but that you come and that you give your life to Him. And so I just want to ask you that you just put up your hand that I can see you because I would love to pray with you. I would lo- we would love to come around you and support you. The first group of people that I want to pray for this morning. It's me, it's us, and it's them. With me, I want to ask here this morning, for some of us sitting here this morning, we know that we have kind of lost sight of the me. We know Jesus, he saved us, and we had a time where we prayed and loved him, but actually, I'm just living in, this is what I think is expected of me, but there's no true conviction in my life that, that he is my Lord and Savior. And I've actually driven, like, drifted a little bit away from him. If, sorry. If that's you here this morning, I want to encourage you that you this morning stand with me and you say, God, here I am. I want to give myself again to you over and say, would you come and work in me? I want to know you with each and everything inside of me. If that's you here this morning, I want to encourage you to stand just with me. Just stand up and lift up your hands. It's not to bring shame. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.